It is Bird News with ornithologist Vernon Locks this morning, author of Bird News, Vagrants and Visitors on a Peculiar Island. He writes columns for the Cape Cod Times and the Inquirer and Mirror. Vern is the resident naturalist and land manager at the Lindaloring Nature Foundation on Nantucket, which is where he joins us from this morning. Morning, Vern. Good morning, Mindy. Of course, this is an <laughs> active time of year. Those Christmas bird counts are just about to get underway. You, it's it's so busy this time of year. I'm just I'm trying to catch my breath here because I know it's gonna, about the whirlwind is about to start. You're not going to get any sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's getting. You know, it's, I, I might be getting. A, this is really, really it was really fun when I was in my twenties, <laughs> and it's still fun, and I love it. It's it's not like it's my first rodeo, you know. It's your right. first Christmas bird count. You, I, I love taking young people with me on bird counts because I can just say, "You go down in there, <laughs> and, I, and I'll watch whatever flies out." And you if know? you find something interesting, I'll get in there with you. <laughs> that, that's right. I'll tell you. You go in there and flush it. And I'll tell you what flew out. You know. Yeah. Although but it's I, funny with the, the owl. You know, you get spoiled even if it's you know if it's going to be snowing. Clearly, you know, you don't. The birding is not as good when it's snowing or if it's right. raining and. So it's a little hard. My motive, you know, having done these so often, maybe I'm getting a little. Maybe I'm. I don't know. I don't know what it is. You know, the, <laughs> you, I know you aren't going to miss any of them because you know it will happen. You'll miss ones. They'll find something really great, and then you'll be sorry you weren't there to see it. Well, that's that's always the case. No, yeah. I, I love doing them actually. More, not only for the birds you find, but it's more the camaraderie and right. and it's a lot a lot of counts. You only see these people once a year. On various Christmas yeah. counts, so it's traditional. It's kind of, it's sort of how I celebrate the holidays. It's, you know? it's exciting. You, as you recall, Brian and I tagged along with you on the uh, Born Christmas bird count a couple of years ago, and it, it was, was a fun. Big count yeah, when we were covering Born, and yep, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So tell me what's coming up. There's some this weekend that are starting. Well, right? well the, the count period about, uh, I guess about eight or eight years ago, National Audubon, who was the really in charge of this whole thing, uh, decided to standardize the count period for the Christmas counts. It used to be always, it was pretty confusing. So now, from now in perpetuity, the first day of the count period is December 14th, whatever day of the week that may fall on, and the last day is January 5th. So of the thousands and thousands of counts conducted around all over North America, Central America, they're doing them in South America now, um, they have to be conducted at some point between December 14th and January 5th. So, of course, mm -hmm. the, the most desired slots are early in the – because, boy, things can be a lot different around here on December 14th mm -hmm. than they are by early January. Right. Those two or three weeks, especially if you have a lot of snow and rain, uh, a lot of semi-hardy species uh, may not make out so well. And really, the, the bird life changes dramatically, or, or it can change dramatically – and, of course, every compiler of the bird count wants to have as many good birders or, or just birders. They don't even have to be good uh, on their count. So so they try for the weekends. <laughs> yep. The weekends are the biggest. So this year on Cape Cod, the first Christmas count uh, is the Buzzards Bay count, which has its center sort of in Magansett, right in North Falmouth. And it includes most of Falmouth, uh, Sandwich, a lot of Sandwich, Mashpee, Bourne, uh, Marion, and a whole big swath of, Buzz of Buzzards Bay. So it's a pretty, it's a great, it's a big area. And a count circle, one, one of these counts, you take a spot, in this case it's this center point of Magansett, and there's a circle with a seven and a half mile radius from that point, or a 15 mile diameter, which is a huge area you're trying to cover. And, and the plan is to go 
from midnight to midnight. It's supposed to be, a, it can be a 24-hour thing. Rarely does anyone foolish enough to do that <laughs> at this time of year. Uh, and you go out and you try to count every bird of every species. So every, you know, like, so if you're out, you, you're trying to find every owl, you're trying to find every pigeon, every starling. So the, the count circle is chopped up into different areas and a, and a group is assigned and they stay there all day and bird like crazy. And then after dark, everybody gets together at a tally, uh, usually at somebody's house or maybe a restaurant or something. And everyone goes through and reads what was seen. And, and that's pretty exciting. And you get to you get to talk to everybody. It's mm. kind of like a small little party. Right. <laughs> uh, so tell us where the other bird counts are. We've got the Buzzards Bay count. Buzzards just, Bay yeah. count is Saturday the 15th. The Outer Cape, which is really the plum, you know, the first mm-hmm. count of the count period is great. Uh, the second one traditionally is always around here is the Outer Cape count. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blair Nickel is the compiler of that. And that has a center in Town Cove and Orleans. So it includes some of South Wellfleet, East Ham, Orleans, Chatham, Brewster, and Harwich are some of the towns mm-hmm. covered by that. And that's, a, that's one of the oldest and really usually one of the best counts. Yeah. Uh, the next count on the Cape is going to be the Mid-Cape count after that, which is the Saturday before Christmas, the 22nd. The, the Martha's Vineyard count is on Saturday, the 29th. And the Nantucket count is Sunday, uh, December 30. Sundays are all, really the best day at this time of year because there is no hunting on Sundays. Mm, and there's still a lot right. of duck. There's a lot of duck hunters out there. And it's amazing what just a few duck hunters out with the disturbance. How they can and what change. It, yeah, it, right. Yeah, exactly. it drives birds around. It's really not. Sunday is the optimal day to do a bird count. So, Vern, if, if somebody's listening and they want to get in on the bird counts, is there a website or something, someplace they can go to get more information? There, there is indeed. Go, yep. Uh, go to MassBird, M-A-S-S-B-I-R-D, MassBird.org.org, and then click on the, uh, the front page there, and then just go to the Cape Cod Bird Club site, and it will give you a listing of all the various bird counts in Massachusetts, the Christmas oh. counts, It'll tell you the dates. It'll tell you the compiler. It'll give you their phone numbers and email address. And the best thing about a Christmas count is everybody is welcome. Yeah, that's good. I mean, everyone, I remember, you know, when I was, I did my first Christmas counts. I think I was in the eighth grade. <laughs> and I was a real pain in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would not have. And, and yet they, uh, you know, people, it's amazing because it's multi-generational. Uh, birders are very generous with their knowledge. They it's like fun. to know it. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it doesn't matter what I know if I can't help you enjoy it. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's fun as long as the weather is cooperating, let's just say. <laughs> it's right. It's not a lot of fun doing a count in a in blizzard, the, yeah, I have to not. say. If you have a bird story or question uh, for us this morning, give us a call, 866-999-4626. That's 866-999-4626. Maybe you're seeing something interesting at your feeders. We'd love to hear about it. You can also send us an email, thepoint at wgbh.org. All right, Vern, tell us about the invasion of finches. (laughs) Well, less than 20 yards from where I am speaking on this microphone, there is a flock of about three hundred white wing crossbills. Wow! Anyone listening to this, have you? I don't. Have you seen a crossbill before? I don't Mindy? think so. Crossbills are really, really, generally really scarce and rare on the Cape and Islands. Uh, this year, because there was a total crop failure, all the in the boreal forest, the spruces and the and the hem and the firs just did not. For I guess it was a real hot, dry summer, and they did not produce any cones. 
and the cones, of course, produce the seeds inside. So a whole suite of birds that depend on these cones were forced to abandon the boreal forest and head south so they didn't starve this winter. And we had earlier in the fall, I mean, we've had red-breasted nuthatches have been in, were in huge numbers. Uh, they've mostly gone south, but there's still quite a few. Then pine siskins were the next bird. And then these crossbills, which if you're not familiar with them, if you have a field guide at home, open it up to the crossbills. And there's two species, the white-winged and the red crossbill. And as their common name implies, their beak actually is like a, they cross at the end. They're, they're specially designed. They're like a pair of modified scissors, if you will. And they're specially made to extract cones from, I mean, seeds from various cones. Hmm. And they actually crawl around on the trees like a parrot. They'll get upside down and walk. They're, they're quite amazing birds. And they're really, generally, really, really rare. Wow. So this year, they're just like completely out of control. This is a flight of historic proportions. No one, at least in my lifetime, and, and in fact, in recorded, documented history, as far as we go back, there has never been a flight of white-winged crossbills like is going on this year. Um, Do we have I, them on I, the Cape, well, too, Vern? Are they, on the, are they just on Nantucket, or are they on the Cape? Oh, no, no, in, in they're the all over the oh, Cape. Okay. They're... Um, Mark Faraday and Blair Nickel up in Wellfleet and South Wellfleet. Um, there's a there's a group of they're estimating four to five hundred birds. They're and they're very because they live in these boreal forests. They never see people, and they really don't care about people. So they're very tame. Mm. So if you can oh, get wow. into a a group of feeding crossbills, I mean these things will come right up and feed over you know like feet from you. Well, I'm going to keep my eyes open at and my And they make bird incredible feeders. noises. They're beautiful. It's just anyway, and then they're not the only ones. There's there's red crossbills, which are generally more common when we have an invasion. But this year, there's just white wings are outnumbering everything right now. Mm. Uh, there's still good numbers of red crossbills, and that's a very interesting species uh, that's found pretty much all over boreal parts of North America. But there's they all have different calls and song types. So there's they're actually thinking that. Perhaps what we are calling one species of red crossbill may, in fact, be five, six, seven, as wow. many as ten different kinds wow. of crossbills, all speciating. They're evolving out, so huh. it's pretty. There's, there's yeah. a lot to learn. It's we got great. A, got a couple calls on the line, but uh, first of all, you mentioned the red-breasted nuthatches. Are, are I have some at my feeders. They're one of my favorites. They're going to go. They're going to leave. No, I think the ones that are at your feeder now are here for the winter. Oh, good. Because I like but a lot this. of them. There were huge numbers of them earlier in October, and they kept going south. I got gotcha. you. Okay, John's giving right. us a call from Wellfleet. Hi, John. Hi, Mindy. Hi, Vern. Good um, morning. Funny you're talking about the white wing crossbill, because I was going to call anyway. But <clears throat> we live in South Wellfleet, and we walk on the uh, bike trail in South Wellfleet. And um, on Tuesday, we uh, came across a flock of birds, and we didn't know what they were. And we literally stood in the center of this flock, and the birds were all around us, flying all around us. Nice. And um, it was just amazing. I, I'd never experienced anything like it. We didn't know what the birds were, and when we came home and looked them up, then we realized that they were white-winged crossbills. One almost jumped on uh, my wife Jane's foot. Um, it was just an amazing experience. And I think... I say there were about 50 Janes, closer to 30 where we were standing, but it was just uh, an incredible uh, experience. 
And they were making, you could hear them as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were calling. I mean, they make some really crazy noises. You could see that their beak was a little different than regular birds. And the the white wing bars is really uh, what made us able to identify them quickly when we got home. Yeah, what a fun experience, John, to have them all flying around. Uh, you know, like John, you, you know exist. what the next step for you is? <laughs> Excuse me? You, and you, you and your wife for Christmas? You're going to get a pair. You're going to get some binoculars now. Oh, well, we've been watching birds for 40 years. Oh, you have? You had binoculars with you? We didn't have them with us, but we didn't need them because the birds were <laughs> right there. I know. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. John, thanks for sharing your story with us. I, I bet there's some other people, if, if Vern, you're saying there's as many around, so probably some other oh, people have oh, had yeah. similar it's, it's experiences a, wondering what's going on. <laughs> it's an epic crossbill year. It's nothing right. like this has actually happened before. I have to keep my eyes open for those little guys. Yeah. All right. Janice is calling from Falmouth. Hi, Janice. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I have a crossbill story, but my husband and I were at the Cape Cod Canal a couple days ago and noticed a large group of common eiders, both male and female, in the waters of the canal, kind of close to shore. And they were just all congregating there. And there was a a group of them were kind of swimming around in a circle together, you know, against the current and quacking kind of companionably. And then another group were making shallow dives and coming up and flapping their wings like mad. We kind of thought they were bathing. But a a large group of them, and it was so striking, a number of people were stopped and pointing and stuff. Could you comment on that, please? Sure. Would you tell me which, where were you on the canal? We were near the railroad bridge. Oh, right. That's, That's probably the best place in eastern North America to photograph common eiders. Really? They are, you can get closer to them and see them better there than anywhere I've seen on the eastern seaboard which is amazing. The reason they're there, what do you, you know, eiders, did you did you watch them as they dove down? Yes, they didn't seem to go real deep. No, they don't. Well, they don't have to there because what they're doing is they're prying mussels off the rocks right there mm. on the edge of the canal. The, the eiders have, are a big, powerful sea duck. They're actually our largest sea duck. Uh-huh. And they dive down and they they twist and turn, and they, they were able to rip the muscle off from its from its hold on the rocks, and then they swallow them whole. Mm. So, And they often, they try to swallow them before they surface, because you probably noticed there were quite a few gulls hanging around. Mm-hmm. Herring gulls and blackbacks try to clip, they try to steal the, the shellfish, they try to steal mm. the muscles from the eiders, so the eiders try to swallow them before they get to the surface. They must um, a crop. That's a fantastic area for them to feed. But then if you think just for a minute, like if you and I were to eat a, a mussel and swallow it whole, how would we, you know, it's, that would probably just pass right through us and we'd get no nutritional value. The eider has a, the sea ducks have two, unlike us, they have two stomachs. So they swallow that mussel whole. Of course, they don't have any teeth. They're not able to chew it or crack it. It, go, it drops down into its gizzard or its crop, which is full of rocks and gravel and sand and that's a very hard, muscular, it's incredibly hard, like a, like a little, uh, call it an avian uh, disposal. <laughs> and it grinds, it, it actually grinds the muscle up rather quickly as well. Within about 20 minutes, that shell is pulverized. The whole thing drops down into the second stomach, the proventriculus, the nutrients are taken out. And within 45 minutes, everything's out the back end. They're incredibly efficient, incredibly tough. Uh, and just imagine living in that water 
and for the for the winter for them this is like florida this is as far south as they're going they are going to spend the winter on the canal so the reason they're congregating there is the food source exactly yeah oh. and it's really neat to see how dimorphic they are you know the males and the females look so different yeah no. and that's but the reason for that is where they breed the males visually space themselves out so they have enough basically that's and then the female, of course, has to sit on this big clutch of eggs, and she wants to be invisible. Mm-hmm. Hence the the big difference in plumages. But Janice, did you say you had a, uh, a crossbill story as well? No, I said um, I said I, I didn't have a crossbill. Oh, didn't? Okay, okay, that's great. Well, you had a great story. <laughs> thanks, yeah, thanks yeah, for that. We appreciate that's your a phone great, call. It's a really great place to see those birds. In fact, we'll be uh, I'll be covering that area on the Buzzards Bay count on Saturday. <laughs> great. 866-999-4626 is our toll-free number. That's 866-999-4626, our email address, thepoint at wgbh.org. We have an uh, email here, Vern. Uh, Helen from Provincetown says, how come the bird count doesn't include Wellfleet, Truro, and Provincetown? Um, good question. Every count, there actually is a count. There, there, used, there is a Stellwagen Bank count. That, cha- that used to include Provincetown. Truro was excluded, but that has now changed its circle, and it is a totally pelagic count. It does mm-hmm. not include P-Town. However, about eight, 10 years ago, a gentleman from Central or Western Mass started a count with a circle in Truro, which does, in fact, include P-Town or Provincetown and, and most of Wellfleet, North Wellfleet. Mm-hmm. There's no overlap. But because he's not a he, it, that count is always a little confusing to me. I never seem to know anything about it mm-hmm. because he doesn't live in the area or contact local birders. Ah. He comes down and brings some people from Western Mass, and they. Uh, so I don't. I, so I don't know much about. So maybe some birders in that area, they should maybe talk to Mass Audubon and maybe get something right, going. Right, maybe Mark Faraday at Mass Audubon at Wellfleet Bay could. Yeah. Uh, I don't know enough about that one. I've been trying to find out about it for years because yeah. I wouldn't mind part doing a going yeah, on it right. but i never uh, never seemed to find out anything about it until the next year you know yeah all right stewart's giving us a call from orleans hi stewart hi stewart are you there yep hi, oh, go from ahead. chatham mindy Burn, oh, Burn. Oh. how are you hey Stu, how you doing not too bad i was just gonna throw it out to you um if you guys are gonna be in town for the uh for the christmas count i could probably help provide transport if uh if blair's boat is not going to be uh available to you well that's a very generous offer i think the winds on sunday they're talking northeast 10 to 20 right now which should be a little lumpy but uh, that's great Stu. Stu, would you do me a favor and leave your uh, phone number with whoever is there to take it will do jenny there yeah she's uh, jenny will take his numbers i don't think that'd be great Okay. okay. Thank, thanks, thanks Stu. All right. Jenny's going to grab that. Um, Vern, one of the things that you try to count here, too, are, are the owls, which I guess are, you have to get up really early, like, <laughs> oh, dark 30 to catch the owls, right? Yeah. It's, it's real. If, you know, owling, there, it's, a, it's surprising to most people. I mean, there are really a lot of owls on the Cape and Islands. We have a, the density is quite surprising for such, especially even in places where it's very urban and there's lots of houses and stuff. There are still lots of screech owls. There's a pair of great horned owls about every three miles apart or so. And you really, if you, you know, if you target, if you dedicate your efforts really to go after owls, uh, you can find them. Yeah. What about barn owls? 
Barn owls are not on the Cape, but they are quite common on both Martha's Vineyard and Nantucket. Ah, so you could hear them on the islands. They're really, yeah, they're really, I mean, they have happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's a mad barn owl, right? (laughs) No, that's, that's their call. That's their call. That's what they sound like? I've been out at night here making, squeaking like a mouse and have, (laughs) of course, and of course, barn owls. All these owls are totally silent at night, so you can't hear their wings. You don't hear anything. And all of a sudden, that scream will come, like, from the side of you. I mean, I've jumped 10 feet in the air, like, oh, my God. Yeah, it sounds like someone getting murdered next yeah. to you. It's it's very – that's a really scary call. Yeah, it is. That, that sounds kind of sort of scary, especially if you Well, especially quiet. it comes out of nowhere. You don't know – you're not expecting it. It's just like all of a sudden this thing screams right in your – you know, like, right next to you. It's like – and it's flying over your head. So, yeah. So if you're one of those people who has a little insomnia or you wake up in the middle of the night and got nothing to do, owling might be for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's yeah, it's it's really good. So with all these counts that we go on, of course, we uh, I am, don't go out that much if the wind is howling anymore because mm-hmm. you can still find a few owls, but it's not very safe. But if the, if the conditions are good, you know, we'll, we'll roll out at, at two in the morning right. and go owling for like three or four hours and... And generally, we can, you know, you can get great horned, uh, great horned screech. Usually, get we can find saw wet calling. Mm -hmm. Anything else is a bonus. A long eared Mm -hmm. owl or a barred owl. Of course, there are barred owls. Never used to be on the Cape. Barred, B A R R E D. They're actually staging somewhat of an invasion right now. Uh, There's couple. There's couple up in the Boston Common right now. Oh wow! Hanging around the daytime (laughs) and they're showing up in places where they never do. So I expect we'll be getting, yeah, I'm looking forward. They're, they're also, because of this invasion from of northern finches and stuff, there's an owl that lives up in the boreal forest called the boreal owl. Mm. Um, and I, it might be, I, I'm hoping that we turn some up on some of the Christmas counts. We'll, yep. It'll be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting count season. All right, one little thing I know about owls, that little sawwood owl, that's the smallest, right? The smallest owl? That's our smallest owl around here. Around there's here. The, oh, there's, there's somebody the elf, smaller than the sawit? They're the so elf small. Owl. Oh, wow. The elf, Where's the that? elf owl that lives in the saguaro cactuses oh. down in the Sonoran Desert out in southwestern Arizona. Well, the, the sawit owl has a has a better sound, right, than the barn owl. I like that. Nice. <laughs> Who's doing this? Dan is really on top yeah, of his Dan's game back here. Dan's on top of the owl calls this That's morning. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I always wonder too because I, you know, I, you don't always see them, but you hear them. I know sometimes I'll, we that, hear off that in the distance. Call he you know? play, that call he just played. The yeah. They make another. They make another call. It's. Um, I don't know if it's on that CD there, but it's a uh, that we hear actually more often. It's more of like a. Oh, they right. they do a scream like it's almost like a cat in the night. It's yeah. a pretty interesting call. Now, let's talk to Jane, who's giving us a call from South Wellfleet. Hi, Jane. Hi there. Just a quick, uh, my husband John called earlier about the crossbills. Yep. Um, right now at our bird bath, there's a male and two females along with the goldfinches and so forth. Ooh. Nice. So wow. um, they are definitely in the area, and they're really pretty. The male is kind of a burgundy red uh and then the female is kind of a real pretty greenish color. Can you see them right now? Uh huh. Can you see the and and can the female? Can you see her rump? Uh. Is it like a? It's a nice yellowy green. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, it's like a which is quite and surprising they, uh, and probably has that. some streaking on the underside. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're amazing looking birds. They're well, very that's great. pretty. Yeah. Really pretty. I'm gonna, you know, you know, Vern, uh, my daughter was talking. Yeah, my daughter was talking about it, but she was sort of saying this yellowy green, and, and I was thinking maybe the yellow-breasted chat was back, but maybe that's what she's saying when she well, said. Well, you something. have to look. I mean, if they're with the goldfinches, but the the white wing bar is prominent, and they're mm-hmm. bigger than the goldfinch. Okay, I'm gonna right. Keep my yeah, eye they're sort of short and stocky. Yeah. Jane, yeah. thanks, for, thanks for calling and filling us in. That's great. Yeah. Good. You guys are very lucky up there in South Wellfleet. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see some down on our end here in, in the Falmouth area. Uh, Vern, you also wanted to talk a little bit about hummingbirds in the east. It's uh, it's hard to know what's going This has been un- an unbelievable fall for hummingbirds in winter so far. Um, just in a, even a few years ago. Anyway, if normally if anywhere east of the Mississippi River... Uh, if there were 10 to 20 of these rufous hummingbirds, it's a little hummingbird that breeds in Alaska and then winters down in Mexico and further, had been seen in the east, that would have been unheard of. Well, Sue Finnegan, who runs the Wing Island Banding Station down in Brewster, is also a master hummingbird bander. And she has just banded her fourth rufous hummingbird uh, uh, this fall. In, in around here and there's a ruby throat there's also a bird on nantucket that we're not certain of its id yet it's either a rufus or an allens but sue was telling me in pennsylvania in the whole state they have banded this fall they've banded like 80 eight zero rufus hummingbirds wow. which is which is totally beyond they've i think four allens hummingbirds and a calliope hummingbird which is just with totally without precedent it just makes you wonder what is going on that all, I mean, just, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's incredible. We're having an incursion of hummingbirds. I got a call two days ago on Nantucket here. It's right downtown. Somebody was Christmas shopping and a hummingbird went zooming by and landed in, in the Christmas tree. Wow. Where the red, where the red ornaments were. <laughs> and then it went over and started feeding in a flower, in a, in a flower box on the side of one of the houses. Wow. It's, it's December on Nantucket. So should, I mean, is there anything we can do to help these poor little hummingbirds aren't going to make it through the winter, are they? It's, well, if they can, if, if they're coming to a feeder at this point, you'd think they must have a source of food. Sue said the ones that she's banded, um, that are coming to feeders were nice, plump, little, fat wow. hummingbirds. They wow. were doing, and as you know, they're actually much tougher. They're much hardier than we think they are. And as long as they get enough to eat, they can withstand the cold temperatures. Mm-hmm. So, so it's just totally bizarre, though, to have this. You know, it's who knows. And, and mm-hmm. I'm hoping the the counts here uh, upcoming will probably turn up some more some more hummingbirds that we don't know about, which mm, right. it's totally without precedent. Wow. So we're going to keep our eyes out for that, for hummingbirds. And then, Vernon, about 30 seconds or so, we should remind folks, uh, the Christmas bird counts that are coming up starting this weekend, again, people who are interested in getting in on those can go to, is it massbird.org? Is that what you said? Massbird.org. Click on the uh, the link for the Cape Cod Bird Club website. Okay. And then uh, Nantucket and the Vineyard as well, that's the same place they would go, right? Exactly. Okay. And did you you want to say something about we're switching when we're doing oh, this we bird got one, show? We got one more month of uh, our Thursday, and then we're, we'll we'll announce our our weekend oh. plan. So stay okay, tuned. Okay. okay, Vern Locks is the resident naturalist and land manager at the Linda Loring Nature Foundation on Nantucket. Thanks, Vern. Thank you. I'd like to say happy holidays to everyone, okay. and uh, have a, have a great new year. Thanks. I'm Indy Tuck. Right. Thanks for listening. Point airs weekdays at 9.30 a.m. and 7.30 p.m. We're also on Facebook at The Point WCAI. 
The Point is produced by Amy Vince. The executive producer is Mindy Todd. Production assistance from Dan Treidel and Jenny Junker. Theme music by Benjamin Verdery and William Coulter. The Point is a production of the Cape and Islands NPR station, a service of WGBH. WGBH.